welcome to the preaching ministry of the Agape Baptist Church in George, South Africa. Keep your place there in Ephesians chapter 5. It's going to be our text this morning. I just want to uh, remind you a little bit of the context. We've been several weeks now since we were in Ephesians. If you go back to the beginning of that chapter in chapter 5, you see there that he says that we're to be imitators of God as beloved children. And uh, you remember that in the following verses, he shows us uh, what he's thinking of, particularly about how that we're to follow God or, or, to, be, or to imitate God. He, he begins by saying that we're to walk in love. And uh, then from uh, verse 3 through down through verse 14, we have the, this imagery of walking in wisdom. Uh, I'm sorry, walking in light and putting, putting off the, uh, the darkness of this world and the ways of the world and walking in the, the light of the Lord. And then from uh, verse 15 down through verse 21, uh, <clears throat> the last uh, time we were in that section, we looked at this matter of walking in wisdom. And uh, you remember there in verse 18, he, we have the command to be filled with the Spirit. And it's interesting that in the reality, that's the only way that we can follow God, or be imitators of God in these ways, is by the empowering work of the Spirit of God in our lives. So we, so we must be submitted to Him in order to walk in love and walk in the light and walk in wisdom. It's not something we can just say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to you know, just really discipline myself and I'm going to do it. Well, we do need to discipline ourselves, but we must um, go in God's strength, in God's power, in dependence upon Him. As soon as we think that we somehow have the ability within ourselves to obey God, we, we realize very quickly that no, we don't. We, we failed and, and come short. Well, notice verse 21 is end of that section and, and really a transitioning to Paul's uh, thoughts on these relationships that we're going to see. He says in verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that... Uh, that verse shows us that Paul is not, um, he's not finished with his thoughts uh, and his teaching about following uh, after God in wisdom by the Spirit of God. And what he's going to do is uh, apply uh, this truth practically in three relationships. We'll see the, the husband-wife relationship and the parent-child relationship and then the, the master uh, bond servant relationship that, that he addresses. And so we see immediately in verse 22, he applies this uh, command of submitting uh, to one another. He applies it in the marriage relationship to the wife, first of all. Uh, last week, uh, I spoke. That last verse or that last message in our uh, series that we did on the 
the death and resurrection of Christ. And we're looking at the post-resurrection appearance of Christ. And uh, the title of that message was Slow of Heart to Believe. If you were uh, there and remember, Slow of Heart to Believe. And we talked about the problem of selective hearing. Uh, and how that implies to how we approach God's Word sometimes. Sometimes we, we see something, but we, we kind of just pass over it. We, we choose not to think about it too much or to let it get down into our hearts and into our lives and apply it. And I think this is one of those areas where we, we see it, we can agree with it, and just leave it. Never let it impact us. Where Paul says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we, we have to um, not be like the disciples were uh, when they were with Christ and Christ was teaching them things and saying things to them and they just hearing it but not hearing it. And so this morning I pray that uh, we'd allow the Spirit of God to, uh, to, to let us hear it and that we would have ears to hear as the scripture tells us we have if we have ears to hear let us hear well paul is building on the practical outworkings of what it means to be filled with the spirit and walking in wisdom when he he begins in these these relationships that we see and the title of the, the message for this morning is Wives Who Respect Their Husbands with Submission. And, uh, and let me remind you that uh, though this message is, is specifically addressing husbands and wives, it, it is for everyone, whether you're married or not, or whether you have any hopes of being, being married or not. Um, God um, wants you to hear these words, um, maybe specifically for your own need, or it may be that uh, you um, you'll be able to help someone else. Uh, maybe it'll be someone that'll come along informally and just talk about their their problems, and you'll be better equipped, better able to talk to them um, about. Uh, about what God's Word means, what it says. Or maybe, maybe this is something that God's preparing you for for the future. Uh, but uh, let us hear the Word of God. Many uh, people have problems with this command. And uh, uh, one of the reasons that, uh, that some, some have a problem with uh, this command of the Lord that wives would submit to their to their husbands is that they have wrong ideas about what it means. Uh, many, many lack the biblical teaching on uh, this subject, or they maybe they they've heard about it, but it's been taught is in in such a way that uh, it's adapted to fit in with what the world believes. And and so there is a there is a need to uh, understand. Another reason is simply the sinful desires of our own hearts. Uh, we, by nature, reject authority. We're, we're self-centered and we, we want our own way. 
Uh, I think I've told you an illustration about a, years ago, a couple, a married couple that uh, I was having a Bible study with, and this couple had struggled some with their with their relationship, and um, I looked at the wife and I said, "Is is your husband a saint?" <laughs> and uh, she paused. Because I knew she knew what the biblical answer was, but I could see that she wanted to say, he's definitely not a saint. <laughs> you see, if, was, if, if you're waiting for your husband to be worthy of submission and respect, then, then you're always going to be on the back foot. Uh, you're not going to be moving forward in obedience if you're, if you're waiting on that... Uh, that husband of yours to, to kind of you know reach this point that where he's now worthy of, of my respect. He's worthy to be followed. He, he's worthy to be uh, the, the leader. I know we'll see as we get into this passage that um, that's not our that's not our focus. Another reason is uh, is wrong goals for marriage. Um, Many enter into marriage just simply following their emotions. Uh, and they're really looking for a husband or wife that makes them happy. And, and the focus is primarily on self. What, what does this relationship do for me? What do I get out of it? It's a very fleshly uh, kind of um, goals for, for marriage. And as you well know, that doesn't last very long. You can't uh, you can't have a relationship where it's all about you, because it won't be long until you won't be happy. Very long, that person can only sustain that uh, for for a time. Another reason is simply the world that we live in. This world that's under the the rule of Satan. Uh, this world system is in opposition to us. It's opposition to God's word, and it's certainly in opposition to God's. Uh, God's plan, God's design for marriage. And as we're told in Romans 12 and verse 2, that we're to, to, to not be conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be you renewed. Be renewed by the... the or, or be... Uh, your minds be renewed. And that comes through God's Word. So, the one thing that's important to remember... Uh, here is that Paul's writing to Christians as he gives these uh, this these relationships within the marriage and the other relationships that he speaks of here. He's talking to believers. Obviously, unbelievers can benefit as they follow God's pattern, God's design, but they they don't have the grace of God in their hearts. They don't have the power of God in their lives that we as believers do. We have a, the, the Spirit of God that enables us and is with us and helps us. And so, as we think about what God is asking, it's no wonder that the world does not like God's Word or does not accept God's Word. And we shouldn't really be surprised by that. But for the church, for us as believers, uh, we should hold... Hold firm to God's Word and hold forth God's Word. One important thing that Paul is doing in this section that we see, and that has to do with the Gospel. What I call the, the Gospel connection. 
in, in these relationships. Uh, the, the commands and responsibilities within this uh, husband-wife relationship are connected to the Gospel of Christ. The Gospel becomes the basis and the motivation for our obedience. And that's, a, that's a really important to remember and hold on to. And you'll see it here. Notice in verse 22, he says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. We, we see this thought repeated in, in, in all three of these relationships. If you drop down to chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then in chapter 6, verse 5, Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ. Not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whatever, uh, whether he is a, a bondservant or free. So in these three relationships, you really see that our whole life is to be lived as unto the Lord. It's, it's a life for Him. And so at the center of our life and our relationships is the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. Uh, each of these relationships that he speaks of here are different. But in each case, the motivation for submission is the Lord Himself. And this really goes back to verse 21. Chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence or literally fear for Christ. Fear of Christ. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Well... Because of that, the husband is not the primary focus of the wife's submission. First and foremost, she must be submitted to the Lord. And her submission to her husband is simply a reflection of her submission to the Lord. A wife that is rebellious to the Lord is, not, is going to be rebellious in, in other relationships. So as believers, that's where we begin. And Colossians 3 and verse 18 says it this way, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And as you know, there's many situations in the marriage relationship where the husband is less than what he should be. The wife's submission is, is not based upon the worthiness of, of her husband. The child's relationship is not required only when the parent is a godly and wise parent. The bondservant was to obey his master, good or bad, as a bondservant of Christ. You see, this gospel connection throughout this whole section, as Paul speaks to these relationships. And in the husband and wife relationship, he also draws the analogy of um, the relationship between Christ and the church and the husband and the wife. 
You see it uh, also in verse 23 and 24. Look back at chapter 5. He says, verse 23, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And so he's, he's drawing upon this, this analogy of the relationship between the Lord Jesus Christ and the church. Uh, and He's the head of the body. And He's its Savior. And the relationship between the husband and the wife. Uh, let me <clears throat> talk a little bit about submission and authority that uh, we see in these verses. Immediately in verse 22, Paul instructs us about the meaning of submission and authority within this marriage relationship. As you know, it's common for people today to uh, react to God's plan for marriage. Today, if uh, somebody's reacting to this passage, it's usually the Lord's requirements of the wife to submit and respect her husband. But think about it, in Paul's day, the bigger reaction would have been his requirement of the man to, to love sacrificially. See, Paul will, will develop this truth more, but he shows by the analogy of Christ that the, the man's headship or his authority is not a domineering authority, but a, a self-sacrificial headship. Christ is sovereign of the universe. He humbled Himself and came to earth to be born as a man and took upon Himself the form of a servant. And He served us in obedience to the Father, even to die for us so that He would be our Savior. You see, in the first century, <coughs> excuse me, every, everyone accepted that the man was to be in the place of authority. But what Paul is talking about was entirely different. He's qualifying the man's authority with a sacrificial love and, and a genuine care for the wife. And, and he's <clears throat> making himself like a, like a servant, like Christ was for us. <coughs> so the husband then is not told to um, uh, force his wife into submission or to keep her under control. It's it's the wife's responsibility to choose to obey the Lord and freely submit herself to the headship of her husband. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, In the um, in the first century, you found you find these uh, codes. It would be like a um, codes of conduct, in it, which addressed these three relationships that, that we have here in chapter five. But in these uh, in these uh, codes, it's only the people in authority that are addressed. It's uh, you see the the people in submission. Wait until that. <laughs> I'm not going to try to compete. <laughs> the, uh, these codes spoke to the, 
to the people in authority because the people in submission really, uh, the, the wife, the wives, the uh, children, the servants, they didn't have they didn't have any authority. They didn't have any rights. They they didn't have a voice in the matter. But notice how God speaks in these relationships. He he addresses those who are under authority first. They have equal worth to God. As believers, we are all equal before God and we have the same relationship with Him through the Lord Jesus Christ. So then our focus, our primary focus is not each other. Our primary focus is the Lord Himself. And it's unto Him that we submit ourselves. And then because of that, we, we are able to um, accept and rejoice in the roles that He's give us, given us within these relationships that we have. As you know, in our modern culture, there's this big push to remove any distinction between men and women. It's even come to the point of absurdity where, for example, a a man who self-identifies as a woman uh, is allowed to compete in women's sports or sporting events. And in many cases, it's obvious that a man has a clear physical advantage. But uh, because of this this push that we have, this idea that there is no distinction, we see that our world is... um, is in darkness in many ways as to um, the, especially as the roles within the marriage relationship and how we're to relate to each other. And so for many, the Bible seems old-fashioned, irrelevant. But for us as believers, living in a, in a, in a time like we are now in, the, in a world that's, that's groping in the darkness, we need the bright light of God's revelation more than ever. We need to hold fast to the wisdom that God gives us and not allow our minds and hearts to be swayed by the, the thinking of, of the current uh, environment that we're in. Well, let me uh, talk a little bit about this biblical submission, the submission of the wife to the husband. And one of the... One of the Ways, and I think this is a topic that, because there's so much uh, wrong thinking, a good way to describe um, what the Lord means here in, by submission is to think about what it doesn't mean. Uh, first of all, submission is not uh, it means doesn't mean inferiority. Or it doesn't mean that the wife is less important um, than the husband. Uh, and so this is, as I've already said, God is clearly uh, sees husbands, wives, men, women as equal before him. Uh, but he's designed different roles within the marriage relationship. Uh, you go back to Genesis 2, verse 18, where the Lord said, then, then the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now some people may not like the idea that the wife is to be a helper to the husband. But but that's what God designed that the wife would would support her husband in the task of of doing God's will. 
and be there at his side as a helper. A helper doesn't imply that that she's less important, but of a different function, different role within the relationship. God himself refers to himself as a helper to us. And so certainly God is not saying that he's less than we are because he helps us. The Holy Spirit of God in John 14, 16 is called the parakletos. You know, that word is, is, one is one who helps us. He's our, as, a, as counts us consoling and encouraging us or mediating our, on our behalf. The word is translated helper or encourager or mediator. It literally means one called to our side to be with us. And we know that in that passage, Jesus promises that he's, that he's not only going to be with us, but He's going to come and dwell in us. And, uh, and certainly that doesn't imply that the Holy Spirit is, is less important somehow because He helps us. Again, in, you can think of the relationship of the Father to the Son. In 1 Corinthians 11, in verse 3, again, addressing uh, this issue, Paul writes, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. Now, we know that within the triunity of God, there is this equality. There is a oneness in the Father, Son, and the Spirit. And yet we know also that the Son submitted himself to the will of the Father. He has this role, this function, uh, and a, and a, sub, a subordinate role. But that doesn't make him any less God or any less equal to the Father or the Spirit. Well, uh, uh, secondly, uh, submission doesn't mean blind obedience. Uh, where the wife just is just has no voice, has no uh, say in, the, in decision-making processes, uh, that's certainly not what God means by submission. And if uh, a husband is wise, he would certainly um, lead with the wisdom of his wife, the, the, the talents, abilities, the gifts that God gives her coming to that relationship and as part of the decision-making process. Um, in many cases, the wife will, will be gifted above the husband in her discernment, her ability to handle finances, or her ability to, um, to be able to make good decisions practically. And so that doesn't mean that, that in that situation the wife is, is to be the, the head or the leader, but the, it does mean that the husband should recognize her ability and draw upon that wisdom and that gifting in that relationship and being part of the decision-making processes and the management processes within the, within the home. And so that is certainly a reality. Another area that is not true is that submission is, is not the, the basis for any kind of abuse or subjugation. And many... I wouldn't know if you could say many, but at least some have abused God's word, and uh, with the idea of of authority or leadership in the home, and many husbands have 
have justified their domineering or their demeaning attitudes and words and actions by saying, well, I'm the, I'm the head of the home. That's certainly not what God means. God doesn't want wives to be mistreated in any way, physically or emotionally. He's given the government and the church and uh, the function of, of both of those in, in, in that situation would be to protect the innocent or the, or the, the, the weaker. And, and so we are to draw upon those resources in those situations. A fourth area is submission is not part of the curse. Uh, some people kind of get the idea that, you know, Adam and Eve sinned. They brought, brought upon the world the curse of, and sin. But this was God's plan before the curse. The, the leadership of the man, the submission of the wife, was, was not part of that curse, but before that. It's God's plan for a perfect marriage Relationship, and you think about Adam and Eve before, before they sinned, they didn't struggle. They, they didn't have any struggles with this relationship of leadership and submission. It was natural for them, but now because of sin, we all struggle. We, to one degree or another, doesn't matter what relationship it, it is, we, we all struggle because we have this, this sin uh, within us, the sinful nature within us. We're all sinners, but because we are saved sinners, we have the grace of God and we have the power of God to, to help us and enable us to have good, good marriage relationships, relationships that give glory to God. But it, it does require work. It, it does require that we resist the flesh and submit to, to God, allowing Him to every day enable us and empower us because if we don't, we revert back to our old sinful attitudes and actions and habits. And so we must be constantly uh, waging war against our old fleshly attitudes and ideas. If we allow sin to reign in our hearts, we distort God's plan for the marriage relationship. And so it's, it's imperative that we daily submit to Him Allow Him to mold us and fashion us into the person that He, that he wants us to be. And if that happens in your life, in your marriage, you're the one that will uh, reap the benefits and the blessing of God in your relationship. Let me, let me conclude this morning by looking at verse 33, as Paul does. He comes to the end of this section about the, the husband and wife relationship. He says... He gives us a summary statement there about what he's been been teaching about this relationship. And it's where I, the reason I titled the message Wives Who Respect Their Husbands with Submission. Uh, because that's how Paul concludes the instruction to the wife. He says in verse 33, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is a critically important issue. Respect is something that's um, part and partial of the Christian values. Uh, it's, it's something that uh, we see is part of, of God's standard for us, that we respect others uh, regardless of who they are. 
But it's especially important in the husband-wife relationship. It's especially important that the wife show respect to her husband. <coughs> Most all wives would say, I want my, at least Christian wives would say, I want my husband to be the leader. I want him to, I want him to, do, to do well, to exceed. I want him to follow the Lord. I want him to take the spiritual lead and... Uh, and if that's true, then as a as a Christian wife, be his encourager. Show him show him respect. Be at his side. Husbands need to be respected, and wives need to be loved. But in the Christian home, it starts with submission to Christ, and it flows out from that relationship with Him to our relationship with each other. Let me close with a, a, a couple of verses from 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. And there he's, he's talking about the humility that's needed for submission. And he's, and he's speaking in general terms to all of us. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. He says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud. Now just let that sink in a little bit. <laughs> because that is in our nature, to be proud. I mean, we, I say we, include myself. Pride is just, it's always there in the, in the background, ready to, to spring forward into our thinking, into our life, and to show its ugly Head, uh, God opposes the proud. Notice the next phrase, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore. Hear, hear the admonition of God's Word. Let us be a people who, who humbly submit to our Lord and to His Word. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxiety, anxiety upon Him because He cares you. This is one of the concerns that wives have, especially if their husband is not inclined to obey God's Word. They struggle with seeing what the direction the husband is going in. They struggle in that relationship and they struggle with submission because they're afraid many times of where uh, the husband's taking them. What's going to happen in that relationship and so the Lord here is words are very applicable to the wife. He says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And so the Lord uh, sees your situation. He sees your need. And as Peter admonished earlier in chapter three, when he's speaking specifically to wives who have disobedient husbands, he teaches them how to, how to live within that situation and trusting God and trusting God to change the husband, not trying to change him yourself by you know, coercion and, and um, just complaining or, you know, putting a verse in front of him every day or something, you know, you know, you're always trying to 
trying to get them to change. You know, the Lord is the one who can change the heart. He has to change our hearts. He has to change our, our mates' uh, hearts. And so the only control that we have is our own will to obey God and surrender to His, to His Word. And so that's where we have to put our focus. Let Christ be our focus. Let Him, let him be the one that we look to and trust to work not only in our lives, but in the life of our husband or our wife. And God is able to do that far better than we can. Amen? Amen. Father, thank You so much for Your wisdom. And Lord, we, we all struggle in our own relationships. We struggle with our own flesh. We thank You, Father, that You've put within us the Spirit of God to, to enable us and empower us that we might be able to obey You and follow You and have the blessing that You want to give us in our relationships. I pray today that we afresh and anew commit ourselves to submitting to You and allowing You to, to work in our lives and to change us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.